There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. Hey, it's Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's get into the lyrics of Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan. This song was written after Dylan had become a protest movement figurehead for the counterculture, a title he obviously found too constricting after being pigeonholed as the times they are a changing guy. He branched out musically and went electric on the 1965 album Bringing It All Back Home, much to the dismay of the folk artists and folk fans who thought he had sold out the cause by plugging in his guitar to an amplifier. The lyrics on this song and the rest of the album are more symbolic, introspective, and in some ways even defiant of his former folk peers with songs like Maggie's Farm. But that's a story for another episode. Back in 1964, Dylan embarked on a cross-country road trip from California to New York to see America with his road manager, Victor Maymudez, and a group of friends. And on that trip, they ended up in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. He wrote most of the song on his return from the Big Easy to his home in the Big Apple. I think you can hear the energy of New Orleans in this song. A mystical swirl, the bleary lilt of the words mirroring the frayed nerves of a man in his early 20s who had been awake too long after experiencing one of the world's most famous wild parties. As Dylan himself has said, you get kind of spacey after being up all night. The lyrics are dense and hypnotic, and there are many interpretations of them. Some say this song is about drugs, which Dylan has always denied. Others say it's about Jesus, others the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Some say it's simply about the artist chasing his muse. And then there are the similarities in the song lyrics to works by two other artists, the French poet Arthur Rimbaud and the Italian director Federico Fellini. Now, Fellini is one of the most revered film directors of all time, of course, a noted individualist whose work mixed fantasy with drama. His most famous film, La Dolce Vita, follows a gossip journalist through Rome in a futile quest for something to fulfill him spiritually and emotionally. It was banned by the Vatican for having blasphemous themes, which irritated the Catholic Fellini to no end. Rimbaud is another of Dylan's favorites, one of the poets that he said he tried to stuff his head full of in the early to mid-60s. Rimbaud was gifted. He started writing at a young age and wrote most of the work he's famous for by the time he was 21, when he abruptly quit writing altogether. He then traveled the world as a merchant until he died of cancer at 36. He was gay, and he had a troubled, chaotic, alcohol- and drug-filled relationship in his youth with another French poet, Paul Verlaine. Rimbaud was a libertine and a seeker, someone who followed his own path no matter what. 
He subscribed to the idea that derangement of the senses was a way of reaching the artistic muse. It's not hard to see what Dylan found so appealing in that attitude, as he is a sometimes frustratingly shape-shifting artist himself, utterly playing by his rules and his rules alone. His own Pied Piper, so to speak. So we have a swirl of ideas funneling around here. Individualism, searching, following some kind of higher power, or looking for transcendence any way you can get it. Or maybe just being open to it when it appears. Mr. Tambourine Man starts like this. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. Though I know that evening's empire has returned into sand, vanished from my hand, left me blindly here to stand but still not sleeping, my weariness amazes me, I'm branded on my feet, I have no one to meet, and the ancient empty streets too dead for dreaming. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. So, within the context of Dylan having been on this long road trip, and after a long, very sleepless night in the craziness of Mardi Gras in New Orleans, this all makes sense. We get the idea that morning is breaking and he's scrambling to get the words down, these images in his overextended mind, before he succumbs to sleep. The song goes on and becomes almost like the ramblings of a person whispering during a fever dream, or even a kind of prayer for transcendence. Take me on a trip upon your magic swirling ship. My senses have been stripped. My hands can't feel to grip. My toes too numb to step. Wait only for my boot heels to be wandering. I'm ready to go anywhere. I'm ready for to fade into my own parade. Cast your dancing spell my way. I promise to go under it. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. Though you might hear laughing, spinning, swinging madly across the sun, it's not aimed at anyone, it's just escaping on the run, and but for the sky there are no fences facing. And if you hear vague traces of skipping reels of rhyme to your tambourine in time, it's just a ragged clown behind. I wouldn't pay it any mind. It's just a shadow you're seeing that he's chasing. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. In these lines, I see the influence of Federico Fellini's classic film La Strada. Translated from the Italian, La Strada means the road. 
The film is about Gelsemina, a young, naive woman who is bought from her mother by a street-performing circus strongman who takes her with him to perform on the road. Gelsemina eventually rebels, runs away, and befriends a clown and is eventually found by the strongman who then kills the clown. Gelsemina descends into despair and wastes away, abandoned by the strongman after she is no longer useful. Dylan himself has said this film was influential to him. The song goes on, and in these lines we most hear the influence of the poet Arthur Rimbaud. And take me disappearing through the smoke rings of my mind, down the foggy ruins of time, far past the frozen leaves, the haunted, frightened trees, out to the windy beach, far from the twisted reach of crazy sorrow. Yes, to dance beneath the diamond sky, with one hand waving free, silhouetted by the sea, circled by the circus sands, with all memory and fate driven deep beneath the waves, let me forget about today until tomorrow. So let's compare these lines with a passage from Rimbaud's poem, The Drunken Boat, which is a poem written from the perspective of a boat lost at sea. Every line, a rhythm filled with intense imagery, and keep in mind this is translated from the French. At times a martyr weary of poles and zones, the sea whose sob created my gentle roll, brought up to me her dark flowers with yellow suckers, and I remained like a woman on her knees. So there's a kindred spirit in these lines and the lyrics of Mr. Tambourine Man, Libertine Souls, Rimbaud and Dylan. And the song ends. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. And there's another version of this song, of course. At the time of recording Mr. Tambourine Man, Dylan was signed to Columbia Records, and his manager, Albert Grossman, was shopping his songs out to more commercial artists. Because of this, in the mid-60s, Dylan's songs were covered and became hits for artists ranging from Sonny and Cher to Stevie Wonder. And in the case of this song, The Birds. Released just about a month after Dylan's Bringing It All Back Home album, The Birds' cover of Mr. Tambourine Man not only became the title track to their debut album in April of 1965, but their version of the song kicked off an entirely new trend in music, folk rock. Jangly pop guitars with smart lyrics became a thing. By all accounts, the band didn't want to record it when they were first presented with the idea by their manager, Jim Dixon. They were unsure about all the surreal imagery in the lyrics and didn't think it had the potential to be a hit. So they got to work. Their version is different than Dylan's original, only including the song's second verse, the chorus, and a shortened variation of the intro of the song. It's also in a different key. All that work paid off. The Birds cover went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, becoming the first Dylan recording to reach that position on a pop music chart. The song also took on a spiritual aspect for the Birds' Roger McGuinn during the recording sessions, as he told their biographer, Johnny Rogan. Underneath the lyrics to Mr. Tambourine Man, regardless of what Dylan meant, I was turning it into a prayer, he said. 
I was singing to God, and I was saying that God was the tambourine man, and I was saying to him, Hey God, take me for a trip, and I'll follow you. It was a prayer of submission. It's fair to note here that just prior to the birds recording the song, McGuinn had begun following the Eastern religion Subut, in which guidance from the power of God or the great life force is followed. By all accounts, including his own, Dylan liked the birds' version of the song, the jangly swing that gave it a pop kick and also ignited a whole new style of rock and roll. Many other versions of this song have been recorded, including one by Judy Collins, who claimed that Bob Dylan finished the song in her house. Journalist Al Aronowitz, the man who introduced Dylan to the Beatles, was on that road trip from Mardi Gras, and he claims that the song was finished at his home, too. Like everything else about Bob Dylan, only Bob Dylan knows the answer. And so, who was the tambourine man? Well, there actually was one, a guy named Bruce Langhorne, the folk guitarist who worked with many of the folk revival artists in the mid-60s, ranging from Odetta to Peter, Paul, and Mary to Gordon Lightfoot and, of course, to Dylan. Langhorne played guitar on this song and much of the Bringing It All Back Home album. So where does the tambourine part come in? In a 1985 Rolling Stone interview, Dylan said that Langhorne was the initial influence for the song because... He had this gigantic tambourine, Dylan said. It was as big as a wagon wheel. He was playing, and this vision of him playing this tambourine just stuck in my mind. By the way, it was a Turkish frame drum that Langhorne had bought at a shop in Greenwich Village, and if you want to see it, you can. It's part of a collection at the Experience Music Project in Seattle. So Bruce Langhorne was literally Mr. Tambourine Man, or at least the physical inspiration for him. Mr. Tambourine Man was referenced in Tom Wolfe's novel The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, Stephen King's Carrie, in the film Dangerous Minds, where there is an entire scene dedicated to interpreting the song. Gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson dedicated his book Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas to Bob Dylan and this song in particular, and he had the song played at his funeral. Both the Birds and Dylan's versions of the song are honored in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Ultimately, I think Bob Dylan decoded the song for us best when he said these words much later about the city of New Orleans in his Chronicles, Volume 1 book. There are a lot of places I like, but I like New Orleans better. There's a thousand different angles at any moment. At any time, you could run into a ritual honoring some vaguely known queen. Blue bloods, titled persons like crazy drunks, lean weakly against the walls and drag themselves through the gutter. Even they seem to have insights you might want to listen to. No action seems inappropriate here. The city is one very long poem. Gardens full of pansies, pink petunias, opiates, flower-bedecked shrines, white myrtles, bougainvillea, and purple oleanders stimulate your senses, make you feel cool and clear inside. Like everything else with Dylan, the answers are blowing in the wind. The veil alternately lifts and gets heavier the further you go with him. And that's what makes him a legend. And ultimately, we all follow Mr. Tambourine Man, especially if the road we're going down is our own. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. 
On the way, episodes on songs from Supertramp, Leonard Skinner, and more. Classic rock and roll.